This episode of DCR is brought to you by World Anvil, an award-winning website offering a wealth of tools for building your next great adventure. This is Daniel. And this is Krebs. This is Alton. And I am Matai. And you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, the greatest geek podcast out there. Hello, Dungeon Crawlers. Matai is back again from Fanex talking with Alex Wilson of Battle Cards. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So yeah, I met uh, Alex here at the con, and he has this very interesting game called Battle Cards. Tell us about it, please. So Battle Cards is a turn-based military-themed strategy card game. Um, the easiest way to explain it to most people, and you played a little bit so you can probably agree, is like Magic the Gathering and Warhammer. Absolutely. Um, there's a heavy like deck-building emphasis on the pre-game, so before you actually fight and stuff. Uh, an average game, you're going to have 200 requisition points, and then you can bring a commander, which affects your deck-building, and then every single card has a cost point value or rec point, and then you create your army based on how you want to play. So you're kind of putting together a customizable deck ahead of time. And uh, when a person gets this game, they get the starter deck. Mm -hmm. uh, Are there like uh, expansion packs or something like that so that you can mix up your deck a little bit? So right now, we just have the starter packs, which is a deck in a book. But actually, from where you're saying, they're right there. Um, I need to finish the packaging. This is what we're able to get. But we'll have booster packs, and they're slightly randomized. And what I mean by that, it's not like Magic or Pokemon where it's like practically totally random. If you are needing a certain type of card, like let's say I need FDF Infantry, FDF Infantry. You know it's going to be a lot of base level FDF Infantry, or I just want blue cards for this team, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. And that was another interesting mechanic in the game is that the cards have colors associated with them, mm-hmm. and that seems to have an effect on how much damage they take from different weapon types. Is that correct? Yes. So it's kind of easy way to think about is rock, paper, scissors. It is a color damage system. So the easiest one, this is the easiest one to talk about, is like a red weapon will deal maximum damage to a green card. And so the number on the card for the red weapon is its max damage, let's say four. So to when attacking a green card, it's going to deal four damage. To a green card, so I mean, sorry, to a red card, it's going to be half, so two, and then to a blue card, one, and that's before your damage modifiers with like plus one damage and stuff like that. And your commanders add an interesting dimension to it as well. Some commanders would work well with a particular kind of deck, and other commanders would be at a disadvantage. So a lot of times your commander determines your deck composition, right? Yeah. So. Like I have some, uh, I have a family member who plays the game every now with, with, with me, and he likes only one commander exclusively because the commander has a command which is dealing damage, actually, not buffing the troops, and that's all he does with it. He has never used the other two commands on the commander <laughs> once. So it's kind of think of your play style, which commander's closest to you, and there will be more over time. Right now, there's three for each faction, so six in total, and try to match your play style and then match the cards alongside yours and the commander style. You mentioned there's a book that comes with the starter set. Yeah. Uh, and the book, it's interesting because the cards have references for different traits and abilities that are described in the book. Mm-hmm. So tell us about why you added this, this book element to the game. So part of the main reason, honestly, in the end is a balancing thing. And also if people come up with like loopholes and stuff, because I've seen in many other card games, like a card gets made, and so they're either going to have to reprint the card and ban the original one from like tournaments and stuff, 
or they're just all going to be banned forever and just deal with it. If you get the card, it's exclusively for collection, not playing the game. So what the book will allow is if one gets found and gets talked about and we can pick it up basically online and then we can edit the book to like patch it, for lack of better words, like as if it was a video game. Right, right. So it it's a way of preventing obsoleting decks or uh, runaway decks to, keep, to maintain game balance over time without having to reprint all yeah. the cards. Yeah, so then, I mean, obviously more cards will get made, and if it's a major change, there will be reprints, but your old one would still be valid and linked to a trait and ability, whichever one it was, and it allows you to just keep up to date. So then you don't need to buy more cards. So if I have half my deck as one card, instead of going and trying to buy all of them or whatever, I can just buy a book and it will still work. Wow. Uh, now, so this is quite an endeavor. This is the, yeah. the, a first, the first game that you've put together? Yeah, honestly. And you're doing everything. I mean, your game design yeah. and rules and play testing, that's all, it's all you. Yeah, it's uh, it can be a lot to say the least. I'll sit there in the office because I I just finished school a few months ago actually, and I just started this full time. So I've been here at the previous two fan X, but it was I was doing part time, so it wasn't. We yeah. didn't even have packaging and stuff like that. All right, what, what's your alma mater? Well, sorry, your alma mater. Uh, what college you go to? Um, I'm sorry. It's, uh, what what school did you go to? Oh, I went to Dixie Technical College, actually. Ah, so yes. w- when I very first started this, I was at normal college. I wasn't really enjoying it. I had about a year before I signed up and officially got into class of Dixie Technical College. And I did drafting and design, actually, and um, have a certification with uh, AutoCAD. And I know a lot about SolidWorks and everything. So That probably definitely helped with some of the... The design and desktop publishing of this? Um, a little bit, especially the, the tokens you saw over there, yeah. the 3D tokens. I actually made all those myself. So not the artwork for the paper ones, but I took the artwork and I 3D modeled off of it and created right. them. Right. Amazing. Oh, so how long have you been at this? Um, I can't give like an exact number because I don't fully remember, but <laughs> I started, it was like, I want to say November, December before covid and so it's been a while off and on because I would do like a bunch and I'd have to wait for play testing and stuff. So it could be like three, six months before I got to update and do more stuff. And it just slowly, so that means that, is that what, like probably like five years now-ish yeah. area? So yeah. so it, it sounds like from the game design perspective that this game was born out of loving the best aspects of other card games, mm-hmm. but the frust- but trying to eliminate the frustrations that come along with it. That was definitely a goal, because I've played a, a good amount of card games, but not as many as some people out there, for sure. And I was watching, I think, one of the videos, uh, Extra Credits, and they were talking about like a loophole in Yu-Gi-Oh! I don't remember what it was, but it was like some... I think it was some turtle with like a catapult or something, and a scientist that like did this weird infinite damage glitch, practically. And you just could delete a player. Once you started the loop, it just didn't stop. Or there was an, one in Hearthstone where once this loop started, it would not stop. And you'd sit there for 20 minutes slowly going down one health at a time, basically. And that's not fun. And obviously, the video game, at least they could balance. But you can't do that with the physical cards. And it started with that. And also, honestly, one night I just couldn't sleep. And that's how I came up with the color damage and like the basic concept of it. So, wow. this, uh, So this is quite an accomplishment especially for a first time game designer and (laughs) uh, just the amount of thought you've put into this because uh, I think we've all kind of experienced some of the same frustrations mm-hmm. you know it's like hey I love this card and now it's banned yeah alright um, and wow so um you now you're you're going through this full time uh, the name of your so you actually have a, a LLC that you were yeah. 
So who's this under? Um, it's me. I basically have just everything right now, yeah. I mean, what's the name of the LLC? Oh, sorry. Um, for short, GPCLC, Gameplay Crew Limited Liability Company. Wonderful. And uh, and then it's at the cons here too. Mm -hmm. uh, and so have you have you been in other places besides Vanex to sell us? Not yet. So when I finished school, that was like June. So I've just been doing this like a fully full time for just a little bit now. Mm -hmm. But I plan on going to other conventions soon. Like I really would like PAX or Gen Con. All those types of things would be awesome. Oh, yeah. oh, I've just yeah. done Fanex. Um, I've been going here for years as like a member usually, and then the past few years I've just actually come up here. So. So what have you got in mind for the future of battle cards? Well, I want to add quite a few more factions. I actually have some in mind. One I'm willing to talk about, it's called the Mercenary Faction. They're neutral cards, meaning normally a faction can only have their faction cards, but now there's a way to kind of bring either one or two from another faction into yours. And because they're mercenaries, quote unquote, like a stolen IFE, so it was stolen from the other side, they cost more points, they don't get access to your commands, but you could bring one now, and there'll be other down the line. Um, I need to finish the little balancing of it, but I have a, if you saw in the how to, uh, the ways to play, it is a narrative mode. So that's something I've been working on a little bit. It's going to, after every battle, there's going to be challenges and stuff. If you complete those, you get, I can't remember the name off the top of my head for some reason, but a <laughs> currency basically, and you can yeah. purchase like benefits, buffs, et cetera, for the next game. Oh, wow. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you also had mentioned that there's uh, an app in development to help track uh, yes. Yeah, so the app right now, it's, I would probably say, like an alpha phase, mm -hmm. almost beta. It's going pretty good for what it is. Um, it's gonna, the big thing for it is scorecard tracking, so people don't want to manually do a scorecard. They can use their phone and just enter it. I would like it to be able to, if you want, like cast to a TV or something or to each other's phones, and then eventually also have the field manuals on there, so if you purchase one in person, get a code, and you forever have the field manuals on your phone. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so if someone's interested in the game, where can our listeners go to get it? So I'm trying to get into some stores soon, so hopefully that will happen. Um, also, battlecardsgame.com is the website, and they can go on there and purchase it as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a fun game to play. Yeah, thank you for playing. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, uh, and it, it's not... Once you learn the mechanics of it, it's not that difficult to It takes to learn. a second to learn it at first. I've discovered yeah. one to three rounds is the standard. It's usually on the color. Everyone forgets rock, paper, scissors, apparently, uh -huh. and they get really confused. But once you get it, everyone seems to like click and understand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is great. So, listeners, uh, battlecardsthegame.com. Battlecardsgame. Battlecardsgame.com. Uh, go check it out. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Okay, Dungeon Crawlers, we are sitting down with Austin and Valentine. They're part of Corrupted Anomaly here as a portion of the games made in Utah. And we are super, super excited to talk about them because they have the trippiest, coolest VR experience. And they are so excited to tell us about it. So, Austin, I'll start with you. What in the world inspired you to do something called Synapse Shift that is all about making somebody feel disoriented in VR? Okay, well, there's a... Uh, um well, thanks again for having me here and having us featured here. Um, but so the main inspiration was essentially uh, I just went to a haunted house and I went through one of those tunnels that are spinning and the feeling that you get as you're walking through that tunnel, like it makes you want to fall over. Like you have to grip that actual railway to mm -hmm. hold yourself up. I wanted to see if it was possible to recreate that in virtual reality mm -hmm. and I just made it initially to mess around and see if it was possible and 
It worked so surprisingly well. I had family members and friends just like put the headset on, fall over. Like it was so real that I'm like, okay, let's see if we can turn this into an actual experience that we can just give to people. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's Very cool. it, it, yeah. So without spoiling too much for the people who haven't been able to do it yet, what kind of evolved from there? Because you mentioned that there are a number of visual effects, there are a number of other things going on. Tell us about that. Okay, so yeah, so like, like you said, initially it was just uh, the tunnel. That was mm -hmm. the whole point of the game. And uh, now we have like full NPCs. I 3D scanned myself in. I have like a full Plague Doctor outfit. He follows you around in the game and kind of like narrates and like gives you like tips and like is messing with you. We get a, we have a full storyline on this. Mm -hmm. And the best part is this game is actually a prequel to our game that we've been working on for the last eight years. Wow. Uh, it's a horror multiplayer VR game. This is just like the prequel. I don't want to spoil too much about it, but yeah, so essentially, yeah. This guy, the point of the game is uh, this guy is just trying to um, learn as much about the subjects, you as the player that's putting the headset on. He's learning your brainwave patterns and he's reprogramming them, repro. I'm so I can't say that word apparently reprogramming them into uh, AI artificial intelligence kind of like Jarvis and like Iron Man mm -hmm. so he's just trying to learn from real humans and map out yeah. very cool and uh, Valentine you've been helping out with this effort too Yes, so I've been just one of Austin's best friends this whole time. We met at um, a place we used to work at together, and then he invited me over here to help him out. And it's just been a whole different experience. I didn't really know what to expect, and after seeing everything, like, I'm in shock. I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy with what he's done. And I'm just here to, on the journey to support him and support the company as well. She's underselling herself. She's been like an essential part of this entire convention. She's been helping out with setting up the entire booth, upselling everything. She's been a huge part of the company. Like uh, this, this whole place would not have been possible without her. Now, for the, for our audience that's just listening and can't see this, uh, it, it's a VR game, so you've got a headset and everything. But the booth they've got set up here is amazing. It's all covered in blackout curtains with black lights inside, so. In other words, it is the ideal environment for a VR experience because there's no intruding light, there's no obstacles in your way to trip over like little brothers. <clears throat> Not that I'm speaking <laughs> from experience, but uh, so yeah, uh, I've seen a few people uh, go through and, and play the game and they're just having a fantastic time. Absolutely love it. And you've talked a little bit about some of your support network and Valentine, thank you so much for being involved. But you also mentioned that you're here as part of Games Made in Utah. So what has that been like for you? It's been amazing. So like uh, uh, a few weeks ago, we were just at the DIY Fest. We got sponsored by Meta and Google Fiber and everything. And just being part of this, like the networking, the, the amount of people that are uh, just in Utah, the game developers alone, is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So like oh, yeah. if you have any questions, like, you got professionals working in the real industry, but you also have like people just getting into it or that are in school and you have this whole network that you can reach out to and ask questions. If you're having problems with your own game, they can kind of give you feedback. And then, like I said, like I wouldn't have had this opportunity without them to even be here. Like, Love it. it's amazing. So I just wanted to say 
that meeting Austin, like just people that have come by meeting Austin have been inspired by all of this. Little kids to grown adults have been inspired and I have been one of them. I'm like, wow, if I can make a video game, if I can make a virtual reality world, I can just step in and experience for myself what is it to program all of this. It's amazing. Like he's an inspiring person for sure. His whole company is. I absolutely love it. And that leads me to my last major question for you. What's the best word of advice that you would want to give to somebody who wants to do what you're doing? Uh, the best, well, it's kind of a split question, but I would say even if you go to school, school is important, but YouTube. YouTube tutorials, seriously, it's a, it's a lot easier than you think it is, but it's also a lot more work than you think it is. So you mm. got to just make sure that you have the dedication and like the actual drive to do it but if you just try and hop in on a YouTube tutorial just on like unity or any game engine right like right YouTube tutorials over and let, let me add on to that as a, as a software engineer myself uh, if you've been if you've been blessed by the community you should give back to the community absolutely so once yeah. you've got something figured out put your content out there because there's somebody who's struggling with the same problem you just solved exactly yeah. start start with your google foo and then reseed the fields after you've yes. figured it out <laughs> so so one thing i've been doing just on that note i'll, I'll try and keep it super condensed no, but yeah so any problem that i have uh i type it up in a google docs and then i go do like a google search or try and find the answer and then i come back into my google docs and give the answer. Mm -hmm. So by the end, I got like 40, 50, 60 pages of these Q&As of oh, problems wow. that I That's had smart. that I can come back later and either make a video or share the whole thing to the world or whatnot, you know. Wow. That's Absolutely great. love it. Thank you. So if people want to come and meet you, see your experience, learn more about what you're doing, where should they go? So uh, right now... Uh, we don't have like a physical location. We're mostly based online, but mm -hmm. um, uh, Steam at Corrupted Anomaly LLC. That's Corrupted Anomaly with a K. Corrupted, yeah, K O R R U P T E D space A N O M A L Y. I know it's a confusing <laughs> name. Like I have to, I, it's it's way better to give like a business card out. But um, at the same time, so uh, and then uh, if you really want to check out this game, it's Synapse underscore shift uh, on Instagram. That's probably the best way to kind of figure out what we're doing. And listeners, you have got to see these visuals. It yeah. definitely will make you uh, tilt your head and, and turn diagonal. It's, it's, all, it's all weird. It's very trippy. But in a really fun, enticing, puzzle-solving way, yeah. which is beautiful. And pairing it with a strong story and clearly a passion for what's going on, you know that whatever's coming next is only going to get better. So get in while the getting's good. Oh... Well, I really appreciate you guys having us on here right now. Like, seriously. Thank like, you. I'm almost speechless that you even, like, thank you. And then. I guess I'll end it off by saying who I am. So I'm Valentine. I go by the name Vitsumi online. So V-T-S-U-M-I. On Instagram, it's with three eyes at the end. I'm also a streamer and hopefully a future marketing for this company. Love it. Where do you stream? On Twitch. What's your <laughs> Twitch handle? It's Vitsumi as well with three eyes at the end. So Beautiful. So make sure to go check that out as well. Yes. Thank you. Kay. Thank you, everybody. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard Daniel talk about World Anvil. I tried it myself, and holy moly, kids, World Anvil is designed to help you lay out the master plan for your campaign or the entire plot for your novel. The suite of features is immense, but the excellent 
tutorials, and resources helped me get rolling in no time. If you have a campaign or story idea that is begging to be unleashed, give World Anvil a try. And you can use the code DCR40 to get a whopping 40% off today. Go right now to worldanvil.com and try out an award-winning world-building suite of tools that are totally epic and don't suck. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers, another quick crawl with Nate from Geek Nights. Super excited to be here with you, Nate. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Good. So tell us, what exactly is Geek Nights and why should our people come check it out? Uh, Geek Nights is just a community, right? Like anything, like Dimension 20 or Critical Role, you got players that are playing the game and you're watching them play. But in addition to that, you get to watch those actions and like the roles that they play played out in live action with VFX and editing and all all the 10 10 yards, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. And what is like the most exciting thing that you're working on right now? Right now, uh, exciting. I guess we're crowdfunding. That's really exciting. Just trying to get people to see our ads, trying to get crowdfunding people to join in. Um, But after that, I think it's just behind the scenes work. It's a lot of fun. Sure. So, Nate, you were telling me that you've got, uh, so not only is this a role-playing community, which is fantastic in and of itself, but you're actually adding some stuff to the community, helping the community to hook up, as it were. Yes, yes, you know all those lonely nerds out there, <laughs> as we are. <laughs> no, um, it's more than just dating, so it's like a metaverse, right? Yeah. Just like anything. But uh, you can play as your character in there and just meet people as your character, Right, you could be a female half orc, you know, barbarian, whatever you want to be, or you can be there as yourself, dating and looking for a partner. Absolutely love it. So, where should people go to check you out? So, go to geeknightstudios.com. We have all our links to our social media down on the bottom, and you can find the crowdfunding on that page as well. Cool, and that's Geek Nights, Nights with a K. So, G E E K K N I G H T S dot com. Uh, studios. Studios.com, excuse me. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Cool. Right. Now, uh, you also said that you are doing some multimedia uh, work here as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, multimedia work? Uh, I... your, your show. Oh, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have a panel later on that will explain a lot of the stuff. We'll have our actors in there and our stuntmen. Uh, we're waiting on the trailer, you know, 11th hour. <laughs> Hopefully mm-hmm. it comes in. Anyway, I'll, I'll be able to see that at 5 o'clock. Uh, as far as everything else out... I do PA work, just anything and everything to help them out. So you take uh, the campaigns that your group or other groups run and you turn them into a live action. What would they, like your posters here are saying, what if that crit you rolled was real? You know, how would it look like in real life? That, that's what makes me most excited. Uh, the eighth episode, we're planning on taking fan submissions and turning them into real life one shots. And like for me, I know there was a time that I rolled 320s in a row and got the headshot like five Cobalts, and I would love to see that on screen. Oh, man. And Krebs, oh, he has a throw the sword episode that would be awesome yeah. <laughs> in this case. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's really the cool thing, right? Because we all have that picture in our heads, the film that's perpetually rolling while we're at the table, and Geek Nights is one of those things that's going to be able to help make that happen. And if you've got a cool story, you've definitely got to check this thing out. So... Couple of quick fire questions for you. Shoot. Okay, favorite role playing game? Uh, D&D. Which edition? <laughs> Fifth edition, homebrew. Very cool. What's the favorite <laughs> character you've ever made? Buhire the Bold. And what's the catchphrase that that character would say? <laughs> I can't say it. 
This is, in fact, a family-friendly show. Good, good. So, friends, thank you so much for taking some time with us. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, Nate. We're going to make sure everybody goes and checks out geeknightstudios.com. That's G-E-E-K-K-N-I-G-H-T-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. Don't spend a lonely night. Spend a geek night. Heck yeah. Okay, Dungeon Crawlers, we're here with Dax from Dungeon Master Direct. How are you doing, Dax? I am doing great. We're here at Fanex, and I've had so much stuff going on. I'm going to sleep for a week when this is all done. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way that I picture your life, is that you just like move from one huge thing to mm -hmm. a period of rest and then start revving your engine back up, and then that flywheel <sighs> releases onto the next thing. You see me. You yeah. see me. I also have two little kids, so add that to the mix. Yeah. Well, see, and, and, and if you recognize the name or the voice, it's because Dax was instrumental in a certain world record attempt a few months ago. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about that and how it went for you and how it's been since that point. Okay, so I'm a professional dungeon master. That's my full-time job with Dungeon Master Direct. And um, I work together with WeGeek Together to... Um, run the Guinness World Record for the largest game of D&D mm. ever. We had 1,227 players at that event last April. We took over the entire Provo City Center Mall, and so I was the head DM. Each table had a DM who reported to different captains who reported to me, but I was the one overseeing the battlefield, playing Vecna up on stage, and we're going to uh, recreate a smaller version of that today later at Fanex, but Ooh. it's been wild it's opened so many doors since last april and it's i get to work with awesome people very very cool and and, and just to be clear if you didn't get a chance to participate in this you've probably heard about it and if you haven't heard about it you're hearing about it now it was one of the coolest things to be able to see come together um and you all know we're very involved in the community we've done a lot of things and we're all involved in other parts of the community beyond that but watching how many different people talked to me about it in the month leading up to it? And are you involved? And are you involved? And are you involved? It was phenomenal to be able to see it. Hey, if you want to get involved next year, I know a guy <laughs> I can get you to talk with. Very they want cool. to make a big two-day event next mm. year. Plans are already oh, being wow. planned. Well, and then beyond that, I know that you care a lot about giving back to the community, mm -hmm. right? It isn't just about the spectacle and everything else, but you've got a couple of things going on with that right now, right? Yeah. Um, so... My first two years in business were, were very lonely. It was just me in my office alone talking to people on a computer screen. And it was great, but we all know how COVID was, and it was lonely and isolating. It was great for business, but I, I wanted to do more things in person. I wanted to make new friends. I wanted to be more involved in conventions. I wanted to meet people who were cool, like you guys. Um, and so it's so fun to be here at FanX, and I get to flex my extrovert I'm, I'm an introvert, to be honest. I have to store up my extrovert points and then spend them all and then sleep for a week no, afterwards. No, I, I hear you. I'm the same way. Most um, of I'm introverted, but then I'll get on the show and get to talk to mm -hmm. people. And like, okay, I can get excited about this now, right? And then when we're done, I'm going to go back to my closet. Yeah. <laughs> and then when people tell me, hey, we remembered you at the last thing, I'm like, oh, that's great. And it's so fun when I can remember details about know random people I'm like I don't remember your name but you bought this from me or we talked about this yeah. and that's like so fulfilling to have friends again I love it <laughs> I love it yeah so uh, you've been pretty busy here at Fanex mm -hmm. uh, 
the yeah. last few days too. What's the, what have you been up to? So first off, we have a booth. Um, as part of Dungeon Master Direct, we have special branded dice, uh, gemstone, crystal, and glass dice. So we're running a booth all three days. I, right? I saw those. They look gorgeous. Um, have you rolled one yet? Oh, yeah, they, they're great. If you roll a natural 20, you get a discount. But if you roll a one, <laughs> you owe us something. Uh, a portion soul. of your soul. <laughs> nope. There are two things we don't accept. We don't accept children, and we don't accept souls. Mm. Locks of hair? Children are messy. Hair is attached to the souls. It's just the exchange rate for souls to U.S. dollars is, isn't very favorable right now. Yeah, but yeah. maybe when the economy turns around, we'll start accepting souls again. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, those exchange rates. Um, <laughs> so, so that's been going on. My my wife and my assistant are running the booth now, while I'm running around trying to do everything else. Mm. Um, on Thursday night, I taught a presentation on the business of being a professional dungeon master. There were a lot of aspiring DMs out there who wanted to know, hey, what does it take to build your platform, to build your brand? How do you find your target audience? So I got to talk about the business side of things that a lot of creative people don't think of at first but they need to start thinking of so that was fun yesterday we ran a game to raise money for the foundation for the prevention of violence so right right uh, and that was a lot of fun that was the one i was most stressed about but it was great <laughs> and i, I want to mention to dungeon crawlers uh that perhaps didn't have the opportunity to make it to fanix uh up here on the third floor where there's a lot of gaming stuff going on as well as pickup uh, our uh, D&D games and other RPGs. Uh, this whole room is affiliated with or somehow being sponsored by this foundation to prevent mm -hmm. violence. And everybody's kind of doing their part to, to help contribute to that charity. Very worthy charity. Thank you for uh, yeah. participating. If you want to interview any of them, I know exactly who you need to talk to. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. that conversation. <laughs> right, right. So we, we raised money for them, and I wanted a game of celebrities playing D&D. So we had Dan Wells, who's been a collaborator oh, of mine yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah. Amy Vorpal was here. She's mm. a big name in the D&D sphere. With we a name like that, she has to bear a sword. She was she born into that destiny. But she's the only one in her family who plays D&D. I asked her about <laughs> it. They were all born to that destiny, but only she seized it. She's great. She's lovely. We're friends now. Um, and then Elowin and Porter of the Smoking Barrel Tavern were there. I love them. They're great. And we also had Chris Jai Alex, who is an actor, stunt performer, director. Um, and it was his second time ever playing D&D. &D. Oh, wow. And he did great. And he did great. So we had an awesome game. People in the audience were donating money to make us drink hot sauce or... Um, <laughs> bring in magic items and one person donated a lot of money all at once and um, we got to unlock two legendary magic items and they rolled the highest thing so we had the eye and the hand of Vecna in that game <laughs> I was not expecting that but <laughs> it was a lot of fun it was a blast it was called a little dragon problem love it love it love it so what's next what should people be looking to you for the future. What what are we looking and wanting to do next? <laughs> well, if anyone's tuning in live, I know this is pre-recorded, but we're doing uh, Dead Wars again this afternoon um, with only like 100 to 200 people, you know, small potatoes, 200 players and one D&D game. That's easy for me now. And, and in fact, give me just a moment because I have a little crystal ball. I'm going to consult that really quick. Yeah, the game went absolutely perfect. Oh, it was wow. phenomenal. Players had a fantastic time. There were some really cool twists and turns and all kinds of RNG. But, I mean, <laughs> at the end of it all, great stories were told. Tears. Literal tears. 
Uh, thank you, future Alton. You're very welcome. <laughs> I got you. All right. Hey, present Alton, you're back. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's the next biggest thing. Um, I'm also doing some consulting work with WeGeek together. We had so much fun working together with... Um, the Guinness World Record event that they brought me on as a consultant to help build up their professional DM programs. So their DMs are starting to run long-form campaigns, not just you know quick little one-shots that are one and done, but long-form campaigns where you can get really invested in your character's growth and uh, change and motivation. Um, so that's going to be happening there. So I'm training their DMs. We're hosting a mystical mocktail masquerade in October. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be you know, alcohol-free drinks for Halloween at, on the 21st of October. I'm doing something for LTUE. We're running a big REM game with like 200 players, and I'm going to be at Dragon Seal this year, and my brain's about to explode with all the stuff coming up. Sounds busy. It's a lot. Fun. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, where should people go to check you out? A website? Mm -hmm. uh, social media handle, something like that? What they should do is they should go to Google and type in Professional Dungeon Master. Mm. Because there I am on the first page. Dungeon Master Direct is the website. We've got great search engine optimization. So you can find me there if you don't remember Dungeon Master Direct. Um, that'll give you links to... Um, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I don't really post on the app formerly known as Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we've got something there. And hopefully you'll see us doing some more of our collaborations online. Love it. And Dungeon Crawlers, absolutely remember, your stories matter. Your worlds have value. And if you want to learn more about how to make those worlds reach a broader audience, this is the guy you got to talk to. <laughs> so go make it happen. Aw, thanks. Thanks for your time, Dex. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us. Remember... Force will be with you always.